Welcome to Resolutions, a podcast about dispute resolution and prevention. This podcast is a project by the ABA section of Dispute Resolution to increase the avenues where we can connect. I'm Larry Schooler, one of four hosts who serve as interlocutor, engaging in conversations with members of the dispute resolution community about topics of interest in the field. This week, I'm sitting down with Chris Keel, a zealous advocate for his clients in the courtroom for more than three decades, and now a dispute resolution practitioner. Chris shares what it's been like to transition from the practice of law to a dispute resolution practice at JAMS, and the lessons he's learned and is learning along the way. Well, Chris Keel, welcome to Resolutions. It's wonderful to have you on. Thank you for having me. I assume you started out as a child, but I am uh, also interested in knowing how you first came to the practice of law, because obviously we're going to talk about your journey into dispute resolution, but uh, what excited you and attracted you to the practice of law in the first place? Actually, when I was in college and facing the prospect of going out into the real world, I wanted to postpone that. Uh, for several years, and I was not smart enough to go to med school or dental school. Uh, Business school did not interest me, so I thought, what the heck, I'm just going to go to law school and postpone growing up for three years. So that's what I did. To what extent did you get excited by the aspect of law that is, you know, know, competitive or just trying to win a case, you know, best your opponent? How, How much did that appeal to you when you were getting started? Uh, it appealed to me very strongly as a as a as a young person as a boy. I was very competitive, particularly in sports and academics. Uh, and then when I uh, went out into the world and started practicing at a, a litigation firm in Chicago, and uh, got a taste of the competition element that was involved in litigation and trial work, I absolutely loved it and and felt that that was my that was my calling. Obviously, you've litigated and or been associated with, I'm sure, thousands of cases over a, a more than three decade career. I'm, I'm curious, though, if there was one that you felt sort of remind you why you got into this line of work in the first place. You know, what made the practice of law uh, so uh, powerful a hold on you? Uh, I would say that there were two there were two cases, if you will, that that really had an impact on me. Uh, as I was developing uh, my trial skills and, and litigation skills. One was uh, on a pro bono basis where my firm and I was on the team of the, of the firm representing um, a, a, a death row inmate um, who had been accused of killing another inmate in the prison. Uh, and we were um, uh, handling his appeal to uh, sort of vacate the death penalty that, that, that was foisted onto him for killing the other inmate. Um, and and I, that, that truly had a deep impact on me uh, as a lawyer because it was literally life and death and it, and it brought home the value of the services that lawyers can and should provide. Uh, the other was probably my first big trial that I, that I, um, uh, tried as, as, as lead chair on my own, uh, which was a commercial case. Uh, and, and it had an impact on me simply because the judge who presided over that matter, who was a approximately 10 week trial, 
really took me under his wings to teach me trial technique and um, persuasion of jurors and, and sort of the nuances of, uh, of the law, if you will, in the courtroom. So those two matters really had great impacts on me. Uh, I asked you about a case or cases that really <laughs> reminded you why you were in the field in the first place, but I'm, I'm actually also curious if you can think of a time in your law career where you really started to question the, the path that you were on, um, whether it was the seed that was planted to pivot in the dispute resolution or just some sort of recognition about a disconnect between you and your values and priorities and the legal profession. I, I, th I think that um, that was a very recent experience of mine. And in fact, it, it caused me as, as one of the factors to, to transition from a client representative and advocate to a neutral, if you will. Um, and, and it was a very specific experience in 2019 where I realized that I was becoming, quite frankly, complacent in what I was doing. Uh, my enthusiasm and vigor was, to represent clients was not as strong as it, as it was or should be. Uh, and was, I was looking for something else to do while, while applying my, my legal skills, if you will. Um, so I, I, that is a, a, a very um, prominent uh, uh, experience that I went through uh, in 2019. I just felt I've got to do something different here or I'm just going to become uh, feeling worthless. Is there anything more that you could dissect about what the complacency arose from, as in repetition or, you know, the mundane, mun, you know, something being feeling mundane and you were looking for something more meaningful or anything like that? I think it was um, less it feeling mundane, more that it, more it felt repetitious, almost rote, if you will, waking up in the morning, knowing what the issues would be that I would confront, communications that I would have. Uh, at that point in my career, I was representing clients by managing their healthcare litigation. Um, and it became almost automatic as to what I was doing and what I was, what I, what I was advising and how I was advising. Um, and, and I just didn't feel challenged by it. The issues themselves, the cases themselves, very complex, very interesting, but the process became very mundane. I know from reading your background that you obviously experienced mediation, arbitration, dispute resolution while an attorney, you know, in, in uh, representing your clients. A couple of questions about that. First being, what did you think of those processes when you were on that side of the, of the line, so to speak? What, how would you have evaluated mediation and arbitration uh, when you were as, as an attorney? Interesting question, because I, I think it, it raises this concept of being torn, if you will. On the one hand, I wanted to be aggressive um, and zealous uh, and, and not compromise on behalf of my client. On the other hand, I knew that at a certain level, uh, it was in the client's best interests to explore um, with genuine sincerity, a, a possible path toward resolution um, because it would save the client money, save, save us all time, expense, energy, which at the end of the day uh, could really serve the client well. 
I wonder also if when you were representing a client, you ever ran across a situation where, you know, there was a part of you that the, the part of you that loved either litigation or the other parts of being a lawyer was thinking, you know, you know, I really want to push this as hard as I can in litigation or, or with that side of my, my skill set. And then there was another part of you pulling you towards getting it resolved in, in alternative dispute resolution, you know, taking the jury, the judge, all that other stuff out of it. Constantly. That's a, that's a constant tension uh, as a litigation and trial lawyer um, that I think uh, we faced uh, or that I did face. And I think trial lawyers still face every day. Uh, again, it's that on the one hand, you want to not lose. You want to win. On the other hand, you want to achieve a result that is cost-effective, time-efficient, energy-efficient, and in the client's best, best interests. Uh, one of my first environmental cases demonstrated that, <clears throat> um, where I represented a, uh, a, a uh, equipment manufacturer in a, in a matter brought by the Department of Justice. This was in the mid-1980s. Um, and uh, we ultimately settled the case for $300,000, um, but the fees that my client incurred were $300,000 and the client, and we had gone through much of the litigation process and gone down that road quite extensively. And I remember the phone call from the client, which was, why didn't we do this in the beginning? It could have saved me $300,000. I mean, it's the same result that we would have achieved at the end of the day without incurring that expense. And that, that really resonated with me, uh, throughout my career. When we were preparing for this session, the phrase zealous advocate was used to describe the part of your career prior to going into dispute resolution. I guess I'm curious about the zealotry and about how you think it's evolved as you've made this transition into a different part of your career. I, I think that my experience as what we call a zealous advocate um, helps me today as a mediator, arbitrator, and neutral, understand the perspective that uh, counsel client representatives come from in being aggressive or uh, adamant in, in presenting their clients' positions, or even when I work with clients, their clients directly, particularly in mediations or arbitration hearings, um, the emotions that they express, completely understandable. Uh, and, and it's it, it's, it's trying to help them understand that it's okay to be emotional. It's okay to express your frustrations. It's okay to express your opinions in a strong, direct uh, manner, um, but don't cross the line into uh, ultimatums, into yelling, screaming, uh, acting out of control, because at the end of the day, that will that will really undermine the purpose uh, of your position. It, in your biography, it notes that you've taken some of the training to become a dispute resolution professional quite recently. And I have a couple of questions on that. One being, what has it been like to make a career transition in the middle of a worldwide pandemic? Um, to, to address the first point or part of your of your comment or question, I can honestly say that beginning in late 2019 through today, 
it feels like another year of law school. It truly is an, an, an extensive um, training and learning experience. Um, I, I know that my for formal training in the arbitration field uh, has been over 50 hours of formal training, formal training in the mediation field over 100 hours. And that doesn't include all of the reading and learning and investigation and research that, that I've done or that we as new neutrals do on our own uh, to, learn, to learn this particular practice. Um, so I, 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 can, I can say that it's been uh, quite a, an extensive and um, um, elaborate experience. Um, and I've enjoyed every minute of it. And, and learning the nuances of this area of alternative dispute resolution, um, including psychology and peering into the minds of people or trying to peer into the minds of people has, has been fascinating, just absolutely fascinating. And just to give a shameless plug for JAMS, it is incredibly um, strong in its training um, program for neutrals and in its continuing education program for neutrals, regardless of what level you are or regardless of how many years you have under its belt. It's a constant, continuous learning experience and JAMS is incredibly mindful and well-equipped to, to, um, to offer that. Obviously you joined a, a large, you know, well-recognized practice. But I also would think that you still needed to spend a good chunk of time during the pandemic uh, building up your reputation and brand in this new uh, identity. And so what was that like? Um, I'm not going to mince words. It's been very difficult. It's been challenging. Um, it's been difficult because I'm a firm believer that um, practice or professional development, the key to that is relationships and reconnecting with individuals, um, with, with establishing new relationships, and to try to do that from behind the desk, either through phone calls, emails, through Zooms, it, it's a little bit difficult. Um, and it's difficult not to go out and meet people and, and, and sit on panels in person. Uh, so it's been quite a challenge. But having said that, again, I am grateful and very lucky to have an entity a provider like Jams behind me, and and, uh, um, and 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 the individuals who help with my practice development. In the time that you've spent now as a dispute resolution professional, I wonder about a moment that you may have had where you found yourself saying, "I am definitely in the right place. This is definitely where I'm supposed to be professionally at this point." Oh well, that's easy to answer. Every mediation, every arbitration, every proceeding. Every communication with counsel uh, and their clients has has affirmed my decision that this is the right this is the right path. I love what I do. I, I and I you know a lot of people go oh yeah I like what I do and it, and they really don't you know their heart's not in it. But I I really I am in my element when I'm when I'm actually practicing dispute resolution and in the process. So the answer to your question is. Every time. I wonder about the, the, the reverse or the converse, which is to say a moment where you realized I am not an attorney anymore, you know, and I've got to embrace a whole different, you know, side of me or 
learn some skills that I hadn't used in a while or something, something about being a little bit out of your, out of your league, so to speak. Yeah. I, again, the answer to that is every time, every day. Um, and, and part of that is we call, we call, you know, when a lawyer uh, goes from being a client representative to a neutral, a transition, I view it as a transformation. It truly is um, learning, accepting, and um, integrating into your professional mindset a different set of values, qualities, um, and priorities. Uh, before I was a client representative, my duty was to a client and that client's interests. I have no duty to individuals or entities anymore. My duty now is to a process. My duty is to be fair and impartial and objective. Um, and to serve the interests and be fair to all of the participants. So every day, every time I embark on something involving a, an ADR process, uh, that is first and foremost in my mind. Um, and, and quite frankly, and, I, and my wife reminded me of this or told me this as I was starting out, you know, thinking about, oh, I think I'm going to transition from being a lawyer to a to a neutral, she goes, you know, you, you need to think hard about that because you are giving up your right to be right. Um, and, I, and I have, I've given up my right. I am not right. Um, I am uh, in the context of a, of a mediator, a peacemaker. I bring parties together. I facilitate a process in the context of an arbitrator. I hear evidence, I apply and hear law, I hear arguments and I make a decision. It's not, that I'm right or wrong, it's that that's the right decision under the law and the facts. You know, in some ways, the path that you have tread here of a long distinguished career in the legal profession and in litigation and then a transition to dispute resolution sounds very familiar. You know, certainly JAMS has a lot of folks who came out of the legal profession, be it on the bench or uh, litigators and, and went into dispute resolution. What, what do you think makes your path, your adventure into this distinct and different than maybe some of your uh, colleagues that have gone before you? Good question. And I don't know that anything makes it that distinct or different. I view us all as uh, former practitioners, former lawyers, as those who were in the trenches. We were in the trenches with our clients. Um, and that experience shaped who we are as a neutral. Um, I would like to think that the breadth of my experience in various areas and the um, management role I played in, in managing large complex litigation or portfolios of litigation may distinguish me from my colleagues. Uh, but, but again, at, at a very basic level, we all came from a very similar background and experience. Uh, and it's how we apply that, I think, that distinguishes us. For instance, um, when I sometimes I will uh, present programs to law firms who ask me to, to um, provide comments on how I transitioned from a lawyer to neutral. Um, and one of the uh, one of the uh, and one of the points or one of the areas that I try to cover is. Um, what to look for in an arbitrator, what to look for when selecting an arbitrator. And the point, um, I'll get to the, to, to the point 
not all arbitrators or mediators for that matter are alike. We, we, we have similar roles, but our styles and approaches are much different. And part of what my experience in the trenches uh, taught me was to be efficient, to be direct, uh, to keep things on, on schedule and on a definite path, and to make sure that clients and counsel are operating efficiently and cost-effectively. So I'm sort of what we call um, on the spectrum, uh, and, and we heard this uh, at a roundtable we put on in Miami, I'm more of a managerial arbitrator. I manage the expectations and the schedules of the process very strictly. And my, one of my um, uh, almost requirements, certainly it depends on the availability of, of time and, and counsel and clients, is arbitrations will be decided a year, from, at least a year, no longer than a year from the date of filing. Because I think that's what arbitration is. Other styles, other arbitrators have other styles, which is, oh, it's the party's game. It's the party's process. We'll let them sort of handle this and manage this, and it can linger on for two, three years. Um, but my experience in the trenches was clients want resolution. Clients want disposition. Clients want certainty. And that is my job. I am curious uh, if there has been anything about the practice of dispute resolution that surprised you, that did not align with any of the experience you'd had in the past or your expectations going in closer to the present, just something where you, you just didn't, didn't know that was part of the, part of the mix? Um, two things jumped to mind. First is the extensive training and education uh, that neutrals go through to acquire and maintain their skills. Um, the second that jumps to mind is the genuine desire and interest that neutrals have in uh, presenting and maintaining a fair and impartial process and reaching a disposition that is either acceptable to both sides in the concept con in the context of mediation or disposition uh, at the end of an arbitration. Um, that, that surprised me. This is not something off the cuff. This is truly an intense profession that neutrals take very seriously uh, and, and, and really perform at the highest capacity and highest levels. What, if anything, do you want dispute resolution professionals to better understand about how law is practiced and how cases are litigated? Because I, I feel like sometimes our, our frame of reference is very, it's a very tinted prism through which we view the rest of the, of the judicial system. That's a good question. Um, I, guess, I guess the one thing that, that, that I would hope my fellow neutrals understand um, and, and is something that, that we as former practitioners can help uh, them understand is that um, lawyers who represent clients are pulled by many different values and many different forces, if you will. Uh, there is the, the client force, which can then be broken down into in-house lawyers, business people, et cetera. 
Um, there's the force of the court or the judge. There's the, there's the force of winning and losing uh, that I think is inherent in all of the, the us as lawyers. Um, so it's more than just dollars and cents. It's, it's really uh, involves a number of forces with a lot of emotion uh, and interests behind those forces. Uh, and I, I think if neutrals could understand the, the, the sort of complexity that a client representative, re representative faces when embarking down the path of dispute resolution, it would be very helpful. Uh, as, we, as, as we go into mediations, one of the things I try to do is understand what pressure points are placed on what people or what interests and sort of what's prevailing um, as we try to resolve the matter. Do you miss anything about practicing law? I miss the courtroom. I do. I felt very at home and just loved every minute in the courtroom. Once I got on beyond the nervous point, you know, every time you go into the courtroom, no matter how many years you have under, under your belt, no matter how many trials or hearings or courtroom experiences, you, you're always got that, the, the jitters, the, the nerves, the, the fear, if you will. Once I was in there though, I loved every minute of it. Well, I think litigation's loss uh, is dispute resolutions gain. So Chris Keel, great to have you within the fold and great to have had you on our podcast. Thank you for joining us. Well, my pleasure and thank you for the opportunity. Appreciate it. That was Chris Keel of JAMS discussing his transition from the practice of law to the practice of dispute resolution. Thanks for joining us for Resolutions. I'm Larry Schooler.